0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He just swore a fucking wall! O'Neal deep
1: in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball!
0: This He's down for 12-8, 7-38 to play in the first half. Oh, yeah.
1: First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Mike Angolano and as always, I am with Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing good, Mike. Uh, shaking up to be a pretty interesting trade deadline. A lot of potential action for the Pistons. We'll see if anything really happens, but excited to break it down and look at the possibilities, the players and all of that good stuff with you here today.
1: Yes, absolutely, and this will be more of a trade deadline-centric podcast as the deadline is just a couple of days away. There's a lot of potential players on the move, um, a couple of Pistons players on the move, of course, and uh, some bigger-name players across the league who could be moved, and we'll talk about the implications uh, of them being moved and how the Pistons could maybe get involved um, in any of those sorts of transactions. Uh, They could be a team that facilitates uh, some things as a third team, you know moving some money around uh you know they're potentially going to have some salary cap space this off season so um they they could play into things and we will break all of that down um Aaron, it's beautiful outside the sun is shining uh spring is actually here i think i'm not looking at any more 35 degree days anymore i think we've made it through the doldrums of the nba season january february uh, and we are in the midst of um one of my favorite times as a rebuild, as a fan of a rebuilding team, this is a fun time, the trading deadline.
0: It most certainly is uh, a time of anticipation and there's an intrigue around rebuilding teams right now. You mentioned spring. I'm very happy as well that that kind of weather is here and we're at this time of the year was able to get out in golf yesterday for the first time this season. So um, it, it's a great time and it, you talk about rebuilding teams and why this is such an intriguing time for them. And, you know, the possibility to shake up your roster and add assets or free up cap space is, you know, this is also a point in the season where, you know, those teams that haven't had a lot of success may turn their direction and and, and sell players and open up minutes to, to give to their young prospects on the team. And maybe there's a guy in the G League that gets a call up and you know, ends up playing really well to end the season and earns himself a a sizable paycheck in the offseason. So there's a lot going on for uh, the the potential uh, of teams right now. And in terms of finding youth, developing youth, uh, adding assets to build your franchise with and around. So it's a very, very uh, important time as well, not just uh, interesting and intriguing.
1: Right. And just to sort of set some, some baseline things that we've noticed and, and, and Aaron, feel free to add on. Um, if you think I that I missed anything, but some things that are going to occur during this trading deadline that are just sort of different than previous ones. First off is that we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, um, which is going to throw a wrench into a lot of different things. Um, The playoffs have been expanded to essentially include 10 teams in each conference. So more teams quote unquote, make the playoffs. Um, That's definitely going to factor. We know teams want to make the playoffs that has been incentivized with the changing of the lottery odds for the bottom three teams. So now there is less of a need to tank more of a need to get your teams into the playoffs and have those players uh, make some meaningful contributions in a playoff setting. So more teams making the playoffs widens the pool of potential buyers and lessens the pool of potential sellers. So um, that is very important. And a lot of the free agent class does not look particularly enticing. A lot of those guys have already signed extensions. We know Giannis signed an extension. We know Anthony Davis signed an extension. You know that LeBron James signed an extension. So the pool of potential free agents has sort of withered away. And a lot of the big name players that would be interesting to be free agents are restricted free agents or have player options. Uh, those include Jared Allen. That includes John Collins, just, just to name a few. Um, Aaron, did, did I miss anything? I think that kind of sets the ground rules for today's discussion.
0: No, I think I think that's good. I think, you know, we're on the same page of where we're headed with this kind of discussion and and all those names that are going to come up in this mix.
1: And, and those names will come up in this mix. But something that um, has been percolating a little bit over the past couple of uh, days, maybe maybe a week or so, is uh, Victor Oladipo. Oladipo was uh, mentioned as potential target for the Pistons, and quite frankly, um, I don't like this move at all. If Detroit were to go and get Oladipo, he doesn't fit the timeline at all. He's 28 years old. He's not quite the player he once was with the Indiana Pacers, uh, but. He is, a, he is a guy who can score at all three levels. He is a guy who uh, has been part of winning teams before and has been in the postseason and could be a nice stable veteran uh, with, with a young team. Many, many teams are looking in on Oladipo, including the Heat and the Knicks. So there would be some competition from some playoff teams in the Heat and the Knicks. Shockingly, we are t- talked about the Knicks as a playoff team, but here we are. Um, Aaron, what do you think about Victor Oladipo as a target for the Pistons?
0: Yeah, it really doesn't make all that much sense to me. Um, it, it really doesn't seem like he's a guy that fits this type of franchise and where they're at currently. Uh, Victor Oladipo also hasn't particularly played the best basketball of his career recently, specifically with Houston. You know, dealing with those injuries towards the end of his time in Indiana certainly did not help him. Um, It's just not a guy that if I'm the Pistons, I'm looking at very hard. I'm trying to make a move to go get him. That's not where I would be at. The way I look at the Pistons is this is, you know, they'll call it a retooling, whatever. This is a rebuilding team, right? Victor Oladipo uh, is a guy that's likely going to cost you multiple assets unless you're Trading a guy like Sadiq Bey, uh, who Detroit probably does not want to move, and it just doesn't make all that much sense to me. You know, I, I could see uh, a guy, you know, some different prospect level guys like a Marvin Bagley or someone like that, perhaps drawing some sort of interest from Detroit. But Oladipo is who he is, you know, in terms of reaching his his potential, reaching his peak and he has not been playing the best basketball so he may never get back to his peak which was a very good player a couple seasons ago in indiana uh, it just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for detroit there's you know money you tie up on that the the discussion of extending him and re-signing him uh, it's it's not a situation that i'm too tempted to be in if i'm detroit that's a player that i would likely be staying away from
1: so maybe one of the ground rules we should have also talked about is what what should of the goal be for Detroit in this deadline. It's a very different looking deadline. Like we said, there's a lot of players who are probably not going to be free agents, or at least they won't be unrestricted like a Collins or a Jared Allen. So you don't really want to go after them because it doesn't make too, too much sense um, if you don't want to pay them long-term, but maybe we should have set some ground rules. First off for me, I don't know why the Pistons are clearing cap space right now. We kind of talked a little bit about this in the Palace of Pistons group chat. I don't know, really know why they're clearing space unless they want to be like the Nets a few years ago and just throw out offer sheets at Tyler Johnson and Alan Crabb and force teams to pay them uh, or you know risk the unknown of not having them on the roster. But, I mean, I, I think Detroit should be trying to put together some trades for some of their middle-of-the-roster guys that have some value and try to acquire as many assets as possible.
0: That's exactly where I'm at as well. I think you look at this Piston roster and there's three to four guys that you could very easily move here at this deadline to recoup some sort of an asset. Obviously, the the name that everyone's expecting to be dealt is Wayne Ellington. But you also have guys like Mason Plumley and Delon Wright. You know, this is an entire separate conversation but even a guy like Jeremy Grant has a ton of trade value right now and I know the Pistons have not expressed any interest in dealing him but that's something that you at least have to look at considering that that they're reportedly being offered multiple first round picks for him Uh, so they have guys that can bring back equity and can bring back assets for this team to use and they should absolutely be looking to be very active at the deadline, even if trading one of those guys comes at, yes, you get an asset back or you get a couple assets back, but you also have to take on, you know, a a heavier contract. Detroit is in a position where they can do that and they should be doing that.
1: Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, And and they're kind of in a, in a nice spot. We've we've talked about the the state of their rebuild. It's a pretty good rebuild. I, I would call this a successful rebuilding season playing bad and losing and putting yourself in a good position to get a nice pick, but also seeing some growth from the rookies as well. So yeah, the Pistons should be trying to accumulate as many assets as they possibly can and um, use the middle, middle parts of the roster. They don't really have any need to trade Jeremy Grant. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, He's been very good this year. Maybe if you get absolutely blown away by a team, then you might have to have a quick meeting about it, but they're not going to move on from him. They should focus on the middle of that roster. And then in terms of needs, we talked about their need for a shooting guard and Victor Oladipo does fit that. He he is a, he is a shooting guard or a combo guard. Um, he's been playing pretty poor this season, partially due to injury partially due to the fact that I really don't think he wanted to be in Indiana. And I really don't think he wants to be in Houston. So that's gotta be affecting things. He's shooting 31% from three. That is in the 19th percentile for, per cleaning the glass. He's shooting 47% um, effective field goal. That is in the 14th percentile. His offensive game is quite a bit off. He's not, he's, he's never been a, you know, a truly fantastic shooter. Uh, he's, but he's shooting extra poor this year i mean 30 not even 32 percent from three so i mean maybe it's a little bit better at the rim uh, but he, he's just has not been playing particularly well this this year so what the athletic is saying houston is interested in seems to be a player and a first round pick a young player and a first round pick i think teams like the knicks and the heat would be able to get around to that and do that and probably be able to get a deal done is is there anybody is there any young player on this roster that you would be willing to deal for Victor Oladipo
0: I mean I guess if Detroit really 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 wants Victor Oladipo you can you might you know you can trade Sekou Domboya since he's essentially not on this team anyway the way that he's been you know playing and the way that he's been benched and, and those kind of things so I guess you can trade Sekou Boya for him as, as part of the package, but there's just no way that if I'm the Pistons, I'm giving up a guy like Isaiah Stewart or Sadiq Bay. There's just no rhyme or reason to doing that. Uh, even a guy That's like Saban Lee, not. you know, who, I, I don't know what his future in the NBA holds, but he has shown some nice things when he's been able to get out on the court and, Does he ever end up being as good as Victor Oladipo? Probably not. But Oladipo, one, has to want to play wherever he gets traded to because he got traded to Houston, like you mentioned, and has not played well, and maybe that's a byproduct of him not really wanting to be there. So there's not really a point in trading for Oladipo if he doesn't want to play for your team, for your franchise, for your city, and he's just going to be a nightmare for you, right? So I I just don't see that that there there being a a value in Detroit giving up a young asset outside of maybe say a If you're dead set on getting Victor Oladipo for whatever reason, you know there's no re- there's no there's no chance that I'd be giving up a Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart.
1: Was Troy Weaver part of the group that made the acquisition for Oladipo from Orlando with no Tennessee Thunder? Uh I could check
0: on that. I mean, we know that Weaver like some of the guys that he he was around in Oklahoma City, right? So Jeremy Grant, obviously, Hamadou Diallo. He brought in Justin Patton uh, during the offseason, even though he didn't stick around. That was a guy that obviously had connections to Troy Weaver. Um, Right. So... You know, maybe that is another reason Weaver does like his guys in OKC. He does. So he likes he was, guys
1: he picks in general. He I mean, there is a reason that Dumboy is the only player from last year's roster on the team. Right. He wants to but, make over the entire team.
0: And he was with the Thunder, by the way, when they acquired Oladipo. He was the assistant GM that is interesting. when they or excuse me, he was the VP of. uh was a VP and assistant general manager uh, for the Thunder during that time. Interesting. So
1: hmm.
0: maybe that's just another connection, and, and maybe it's maybe oh, maybe Oladipo wants to come to Detroit. I, I don't. I don't think so. You know, there's nothing that's been said that would say he wants to come to Detroit, but maybe
1: all the arrows point towards the Heat. He's there's always been this right. lingering connection of him to the Heat, and I him, don't really him or Lowry. It takes two to tango. It, it takes two to tango. What if my, you know, what if the Heat are like, Yeah, you, you were kind of horrible this year, and you want a lot of money, and we're just sort of getting ourselves out of salary cap purgatory. I don't really know if we want you. You, you may want us. I don't know if we want you. I mean, it, you know, it takes two sides to make a deal happen. So, I guess if you're the Miami Heat, I mean, are you giving up Tyler Harrow? is that too much?
0: I would say so. I, As, I would for say Victor so Oladipo too. absolutely. Remember this he has been he's not been a good basketball player and his injury history is concerning. You know, this is kind of yeah. in a way comparable to Blake Griffin, you know. Obviously Oladipo is better than that, but he has not been stellar and the injury history is our injury issues are a major concern over the last few seasons. So it's something that you have to be skeptical of when it comes to giving up an important asset or an important assets, where there's multiple, you know, a player and a pick, you have to be cautious of that. And for a guy like Oladipo, who hasn't been an all-star, you know, for the past three years, two years, whatever, is seemingly on the downturn already 28 years old. You're going to have a contract situation to deal with. You have to determine, is he worth it? And I just don't think he's going to be worth it when it comes to giving up meaningful young players and assets. I mean, Tyler Hero was gaining a lot, a lot of steam last year in the bubble. Obviously has not had that same amount of success this year, but still an important piece for Miami moving forward in the current and in the future. So you'd have to be getting back something of legitimate value that you know is going to help you. And maybe Oladipo going to Miami – revives him he wants to be there he plays harder whatever maybe it works out that's something that you would need to know beforehand in terms of making that move
1: yeah absolutely we have talked a lot about Victor Oladipo and I and I don't even think that that has a a prayer in happening because I don't think he wants to come to Detroit which means even if he's traded here and signs here for some unbeknownst reason I don't really think he you know I don't really think the Pistons are are going to be getting a player that's going to drastically push them forward you know, I don't, I don't think the plan is make the playoffs next year. We need to go get, you know, a certified player in, in Victor Oladipo. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, the Pistons have been linked to Aaron Gordon. That's probably the other name that has had the most um, discussion around the league. And a lot of teams are in on Aaron Gordon, Boston being one of them, the Portland Trail Blazers and the Denver nuggets are two others. Um, Aaron Gordon we have talked about him before, but it's worth mentioning again um, because he is younger. He does fit the timeline a lot, you know, quite a bit more. Uh, he is a seven-year vet. That's still mind-boggling. What do you think about the Pistons going after Aaron Gordon?
0: Yeah, I, I think going after Aaron Gordon would be worse than going after Victor Oladipo simply from the standpoint of your forward spots are pretty much locked in right now in Sadiq Bey and Jeremy Grant unless you're moving Grant and even so Aaron Gordon seems to be worth a a premium that I just don't think he's really worth to be quite honest with you uh, they're talking about needing picks and a young player and this is a guy that's averaging, you know, 14 and 7 and he's never been an all-star and he has his own injury concerns like there's just no reason for him to be worth as much as Orlando's trying to get him you know get for him uh, I don't know who is going to trade for Aaron Gordon, but it just should absolutely not be the Detroit Pistons.
1: I agree. And he, the positional overlap that Aaron Gordon presents just doesn't make any sense for the Pistons to get in on that. Boston makes a lot more sense. uh, And even that's not seen possible. I will believe Aaron Gordon will be traded once it gets called in to the league and it is done and done because I feel like we've talked about Aaron Gordon on the trade block for three years now, maybe longer. I mean, the the magic just need to wipe the slate clean. And for any of these deals, whether it's Oladipo or Gordon, we haven't talked about it, but the, the Pistons could definitely be a third team to facilitate things, especially for anything that Boston does because they're so strapped financially, they have this massive trade exception that is difficult to use because you can't combine it with anything. So the Pistons could definitely be a team that gets in and is is a third team that sort of facilitates all the inner workings. You know, they take on some salary that Boston needs to shed to get Fournier and Aaron Gordon, for example, or or whatever. And and that that I think is where Troy Weaver could really flex his his GM muscles and sneak his way into a, into a trade, like, like the Caps did for Jared Allen and nab a good player.
0: Well, maybe that's where Wayne Ellington gets moved as well. Maybe as part of that being that third team Ellington sure. on a cheaper contract, that's a, a, a contract that you can fit in there to, you know, get another asset back. And definitely in that way, a team's not only getting Aaron Gordon, but they're getting Aaron Gordon and Wayne Ellington. So it gives them, you know, some front court depth and talent and obviously some shooting, which obviously every team wants. So that's a way, you know, another way that Detroit could, could get involved and, and be a, a more enticing option as a third team in a deal like
1: that. Yep. So I, I would say it's a no for both Ola Depot and Aaron Gordon. Um, but, and we'll do this one really quick because I, there, that's just all on speculation. Markin Markkinen, the Bulls have been listening to offers for Lori Markkinen, and some teams have already called uh, about trading for him. Do you think the Pistons are one of those teams?
0: I would hope not. Kind of in the same boat. You know, you don't need him. You're rebuilding. You have Jeremy Grant at the four. You have Isaiah Stewart at the five. You have Mason Plumlee, who's still your center as of now as well. Um, Markkinen's not a guy that really excites me. I don't view him as a Troy Weaver guy either. Uh, I'm I'm comfortable with Detroit staying away from him, especially because Chicago is going to want back, uh, you know, a, a worthwhile asset, a worthwhile package.
1: Uh, what do you have to take on Otto Porter for it?
0: For the Pistons, another guy that, I mean, unless unless you're getting an like, asset what if that's attached, the price? To Porter.
1: No, what like uh, if Markin is that asset.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying to, you like have to take a
1: deal, where he was basically a salary dump with, uh, with, uh, Otto Porter. And they, and they gave you marketing to take on Otto Porter.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Pistons really wouldn't be giving anything up of value than in a deal like that, would they? Uh,
1: no, they wouldn't be giving anything up other than that. They have to pay Otto Porter's contract. Because I've sort Again. of floated that idea with the Cavs and Andre Drummond, because his contract is so difficult to match that they could take up, you know, the Cavs could take on Otto Porter's contract. Aaron or uh, 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 Andre Drummond isn't expiring, but the Cavs, you know, send Jetty Austin for salary purposes, and then they get Lori Markkinen back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I almost like that better for the Cavs than I do Detroit. Um, I just really don't see the fit here in Detroit. I don't think they need him. I don't think so either. I think I don't I don't think they need
1: Markinen. Yeah. And and Grant is is a natural four anyway. And I yeah, I don't I don't really think that you need him either. Okay. Um, let's see. So we we've talked about some of the guys who are the really popular players around the league that we think are going to be traded and maybe Kyle Lowry too. I think it changes every day if Kyle Lowry's on the move or if he's staying. I, I think Brian Windhorst, of ESPN said he, he was quoted somewhere saying that he's either going to get a contract extension in Toronto or he's going to get traded.
0: <laughs> so yeah. it's
1: really just flops and flips every, every day. For every, day. every day. Every day. Every um, day. So let's talk about the players currently on Detroit that we could see being moved. We talked about Jeremy Grant um, earlier when Boston was linked to him. Unless Boston is blown away, and and I mean blown away, like to the point of we, it would be dumb for us to not say no. They're not going to move Jeremy Grant. I, I just don't, I I just don't believe they will do that. Especially with how well he's playing. I mean, so what if you get two first round picks for him? If those two first round picks are from a playoff team that's going to end up in the twenties anyway, that doesn't really do you anything to advance your team. You're just going to get two low end first rounders. So it's gotta be one, like a lottery pick, something, something significant that's really tough to turn down.
0: I do agree with that. I'm of the sentiment that Jeremy Grant is movable for uh, a good package, but that package needs to include a higher level first round pick than your 25th and your 29th pick, you know, or, uh, you know something like that they need to be getting a pick where they can get a, a, a lottery guy a fringe lottery guy rather than someone at the back end of the first round because I don't think it's imperative that Detroit keeps Jeremy Grant I'm fine if they do but I'm okay with them moving him for the right price uh, it just has to be a worthwhile package which I, I do think Troy Weaver is kind of of that same mindset I mean he even said no one's untouchable you know, if the price is right, or he said something along those lines. So I I don't think it's likely that Grant is is moved. But if you get a team that has a first-round pick from a team that is losing and isn't very good, which has a chance to be a lottery pick, and you get something else along with it, I think Detroit should very much consider listening to a package like that.
1: Yeah, everybody has value, I I think is what I was kind of alluding to. You know, everybody has a certain price point. It's like, okay, they are worth that and I don't think that the Pistons are going to receive that offer from anybody unless there is some desperation happening up here, but there are some other players who could be moved. You mentioned Wayne Ellington. Um, I believe you had said that Detroit's seeking at least a second round pick. Yes. And that according to James Edwards. Yep. So the athletic uh, reported that Detroit seeking at least a second round pick. And I think that they would be able to get that for Wayne Ellington Uh, 42% from three.
0: Should absolutely should be, able be able to, to get that.
1: that. Yes. Some team will need that.
0: The hope was, you know, a couple of months ago, the hope was that they were going to be able to get a first round for him. So, you know, maybe that's unrealistic, but you should absolutely be able to get at least a second round pick. No question about it for a guy that's shooting the ball as well as he is. And, you know, his capability yeah. to come in and, and, and fill it up on any given night.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, if they don't get a second rounder, then... Maybe 2021 is going to be as crazy as 2020. Um, the rookie class, you know, there was a trade that, or a, a reported trade that didn't happen, that the Pistons rejected, and that was Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay. Marvin Bagley of the Sacramento Kings for Sadiq Bay. Marvin Bagley, of course, the number two overall pick in the 2017 NBA draft, something like that. It doesn't matter uh, because he's been horrible for his entire career. I think he was a second
0: so pick in uh, 2018.
1: 2018 draft. Um, picked ahead of Luka Doncic, of course, which will go down to infamy. Um, he's not worth Sneak Bay. Did the Pistons make the right move?
0: I feel like this is one of those uh, you know, trade talks where Adrian Wojnarowski was talking about how there's been a lot of you know, stuff going on this year where it's second, you know, assistant GMs or people lower down the totem pole calling and making offers on behalf of other teams, just kind of throwing stuff out there that they know is going to get rejected. I feel like that's what this was. I think, you know, the assistant GM or, or a lower level front office executive from Sacramento called up Detroit, and said, hey, you know, we're thinking Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay." and Detroit just kind of quickly hung up the phone and, uh, you know, laughed it off. I mean, there's just no way that that kind of a deal is getting accepted by Detroit when Bay has had the season that he's had. Marvin Bagley has, you know, had some good games here and there in Sacramento, but has largely been unhealthy throughout his entire career. He's got some, uh, you know, off-the-court issues, not necessarily for him, but with his dad who – is pretty famously been a problem on social media for the Kings this year, talking bad about the coaching staff and different players and whatnot. So that extra baggage, there's just no way that Detroit was going to accept a trade like that. So I'm not surprised that Troy Weaver or the team janitor, whoever Sacramento got in contact with to to propose that trade quickly turned it down.
1: I don't, Think that um, it was outlandish for the Kings to, you know, try to you know, pull a fast one. But Marvin Bagley's been not good, and he's really a negative defensively. Uh, he's got some good offensive tools. He, he definitely does. He's got some injury problems too. H- him and his dad. You know, his dad doesn't want him in Sacramento anymore. But um, you know, unfortunately for his dad, the Kings can't get rid of him because nobody's going to give up a value that the Kings would accept. And then they have to swallow their pride and take that trade. And that's admitting defeat. And I don't know if the Kings are ready to do that yet. Maybe a full healthy season is what, uh, is what they need to, you know, before they move him to get some decent value back, but I hate to break it to them. Uh, He is, has, has not been very good. And the Pistons made the right move by keeping Sadiq Bey, even though he's probably almost the same age as Marvin Bagley. It doesn't matter. Um, they made the right move. I like the idea of the Pistons taking Bagley on a flyer. I don't think that that flyer needs to be trading Sadiq Bey in the process, personally. so
0: Yeah, I actually, I do agree with that. I would not mind... Marvin Bagley coming to Detroit, but it just can't be for a significant asset. I mean, I actually would not mind it at all. It's another big to, to work around with can pl- probably more of a five, but you could get away with playing them at the four here and there. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but again, it just couldn't cost Detroit a significant asset. Now, if the Kings wanted to trade Bagley for Wayne Ellington and Mason Plumley that's a different story. You know, that's something that, yeah, I mean that, that could work, but I don't see that being feasible either.
1: No, no, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. But if the, if the opportunity presents itself to get a guy like Marvin Bagley during this reclamation period that the Pistons are in with Christian Wood and Josh Jackson playing well, and, and whatnot, then Then I don't see it as a problem as long as they aren't giving up, you know, an, an actual asset in the process or, or, you know, maybe they take on bad money and that's, and that's their, and that's their cost in the deal. But I don't think Bagley's good enough to be a, you know, paired with a salary dump either. So tough times in Sacramento, but the business did the right thing. Um, Isaiah Stewart's not going to get traded either. So we can probably put that to bed as well. Uh, Saban Lee, has been playing pretty well i don't think the pistons are going to want to you know explicitly go out of their way to move him either so we could probably probably put that to bed but now delon wright mason plumley are a little interesting you already talked about plumley and other playoff teams have inquired about wright and plumley per the athletic delon wright has been a a pretty good veteran point guard and those are pretty important in the playoffs Uh, when you need a guy to run the second unit so that your lead doesn't break down or, you know, helps provide a little bit of a boost if you're trying to make a little bit of a run with your second unit in. Delon Wright can do that. Mason Plumlee has been pretty good as well. He's really made us eat crow since we both hated that signing so much in the off season. He is, he's played very nice. He is, he's he been a solid player and plenty of playoff teams I'm sure would want and or need him for the backup big duties um, do we think one or, or both of these players gets moved by the deadline?
0: I, I think Detroit should be looking to move both of them. I think they should be looking to move Wright more than they should be Plumley. Really wouldn't mind Plumley staying with this group, at least for the rest of this season. I like that it allows Stewart to come along a little bit slower and not have all that pressure on him. Uh, but Wright is a guy that I would very much like to see Detroit move. They have... Uh, enough point guards in. Uh, excuse me, I'm literally losing my train of thought as it's in my head. But they have enough point guards in Saban Lee and Dennis Smith Jr. and Killian Hayes due back seemingly within a week or two. Uh, you could probably get away with Frank Jackson playing point guard as well. Like the Pistons are going to have enough point guard minutes to to use on those guys, to where Delon Wright really isn't going to matter. And yes, I get you can play him at the two guard spot and play him, you know, in a two point guard lineup. I do understand that, and I see the merit behind it. It, it, It's a safety valve for a guy like Killian Hayes or Sabin Lee to to play alongside DeLon Wright. But if you can get an asset back for him, you should be doing that. I just think it makes the most sense long-term for this team. Um, I would not – I don't think either of them gets moved, to be completely honest with you. I think both of them are going to be with this team, uh, at least for the rest of this season. I don't anticipate them being dealt at the deadline. It just seems like Detroit is gearing towards moving on from Ellington. and then after that, you know, obviously Wright and Plumley would be next. But I don't think those two get moved.
1: Uh, yeah, I uh, I kind of hope that one of them does for the sake of stuff to talk about. But I have said this before, and I'll say it again. I kind of think that this trade that this trade deadline is just going to be kind of boring. We got some hype with Aaron Gordon and some hype with Victor Oladipo and maybe there's a surprise trade that comes out of it or whatnot, but I just don't, I just don't really know what else is going to happen. I mean, John Collins was kind of the interesting one because the Hawks were terrible and they didn't want to sign up, but they've won eight of nine now. Now they're in the playoffs. Now you can't really afford to get rid of John Collins unless you're getting back a player who can help you right now. Right. Jared Allen was already moved, and the Cavs are probably going to sign him or match whatever offers he gets because they want to keep him. They want to have him with the two young guards, and that makes sense. Um, so it's like mm, two of the more restrictive free agents are kind of so those guys are kind of off too. So where does that leave the trading deadline? I mean, a Mason Plumlee trade is is isn't shouldn't be the headline of a trading deadline, but it could be one of the one of the three. You know, bigger moves that happens which is kind of a bizarre uh a, a bizarre thing to think about so some other guys that maybe will get traded maybe won't get traded uh we talked about sacred and a lot the last pod and probably the pod before that um any other ideas about if sacred and gets moved since he continues to just not get minutes and get passed over almost by everybody over by I'm, Tyler Cook.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not betting on Dumboya getting moved, but that being said, I could. I, I also wouldn't be shocked if it happened. It just really doesn't seem like he's fully in in terms of being a part of this core. So I wouldn't be shocked if he gets traded. I'm not betting on it. I don't really know what his future holds, and I don't know what his value is around the league. Do people view him as kind of an outcast that just really needs a legitimate chance, and maybe just needs a change of scenery, or do they view him as a guy that isn't really going to live up to the hype? But you know, they'll just take a chance on why the heck not if you're, you know, a, a team that has some minutes to give up in the front court. I, I don't know how he's viewed a, around the league, and you know, that being said, I, I don't know if it makes sense for Detroit to trade him.
1: I think it's hard for other teams to value him when he doesn't play. Right. I, I mean, what I, being passed up for Tyler Cook—that is not a skill set thing. Now, now we're at a point where, oh, th- this is a guy who just doesn't have the effort. You know, Dwayne Casey talking about minutes going out to players that are practicing hard, and you see Tyler Cook getting minutes before Sekou Duboya. Now, now we're talking about a lack of effort, lack of motor thing, and and that to me is that's, that's, uh, that's how players get moved to their first or second year into the league. You know, it's one thing to have a motor and just be not good at basketball, not a good shooter, you know, don't have the physical tools to rebound or or box out. But when you don't have a motor to play, that's, that's a whole different ball game that Detroit is going to, you know, maybe that does speed up the timeline of, yeah, you know, we got guys who are trying, we got guys who are playing hard, like Saban Lee busting his butt to play Sadiq Bey going from, you know, what is he going to be to, oh, uh, it happens that he was the player of the week once. And, you know, he is a tremendous shooter and looks to be a very good role player, very, very good role player in the future, if not more. And you have Josh Jackson, you know, bottom of the league, trying to make it, busting his butt too. And now he's turned into, you know, a, a very nice piece for the Pistons and Sekou not quite, having the same desire and that's that stuff sort of lingers around a team you know he was the he was a first round pick there was a lot of hope for him he's got these physical tools that make him imposing and then he just doesn't really fit because he doesn't have that motor he doesn't have have that uh you know that mindset that the rest of the team has and and i i think that's very i I think that's really concerning to be quite honest i i agree
0: it's it's not a situation that I thought we were going to be in with Dumboya. I thought it was always going to be a take it slow mentality. Like, you know, yeah. Last year, him kind of being thrown into the fire randomly was not something that I anticipated. It completely changed the complexity of the Dumboya development process. It definitely did not help that the Pistons did not have a G League team this year. Uh, I, I thought it was an incredibly poor decision by the franchise to not put out a G League team for Dumboya, for Sabin Lee. I, I thought that was just an awful, awful mistake. We're seeing the repercussions of not having a G League team and how it's affected Dumboya. Um, but it is concerning that things like effort are being questioned. And I, I, I guess time is going to tell rather quickly if Dumboya has a spot with this team or in this league. It's He's got to start showing that he cares a little bit more in terms of playing with more energy on a nightly basis.
1: I mean, when we we're potting and talking about Blake Griffin being moved. We both sort of said, Hey, this is it. This clears the log jam. And now sacred new boy can get his play time and it's not happening. And it's, that's, hmm. I mean, there's still plenty of season to go, but Troy, Troy Weaver likes his guys. He likes guys that, he decides upon that he wants and that he moves for and trades for and, and whatnot. And if Seku's not holding up his end of the bargain, then I, I could see him being flipped. I could, I don't know if, I don't think it'll happen right now, like you said, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was attached to another piece to sweeten a pot or something um, just as a, you know, a raw talent. And, and he is raw. I, I'm not saying the Pistons should give up on him, but he does need to show some more things if if they are um, if they are going to make good on that pick. And James Edwards also mentions in his piece from the Athletic about Josh Jackson being moved. I don't I don't think Josh Jackson is, is going to be traded, but his value is pretty high right now. Um, what do you What do you think about moving on from Josh Jackson and, and basically turning a player with very little value into other nice higher assets?
0: I would prefer to keep Josh Jackson. I actually would like to see him with this team for the, for the long term. I think he's a very nice player to have coming off your bench as a guy that can score in a multitude of ways, is athletic at the rim, will drive to the basket, isn't afraid to, to, to take shots, will shoot from the outside, has improved as an outside shooter. I'd really like to keep Jackson moving forward. And, you know, unless Detroit's getting something of legitimate value where they can feel that they're coming away with something that you know they otherwise wouldn't be able to get, I would like to keep Josh Jackson.
1: I, I agree. I, I, I really don't think there's any need to need there. There's really no need to move on from it. I, I don't know what his value is around the league. It's probably higher than you what's know, well, definitely higher than it was, but you want to keep some of these players. Like we talked about Christian Wood leaving in the off season. You know, you, you rehabilitate these players. You want to keep some of them. You don't want to see them walk away. And Josh Jackson's a guy who has rehabilitated his value. Dwayne Casey has taken um, him under his wing. You know, you want to keep some of these players. So I don't, they, they should not move on from Josh Jackson. Um, I think that pretty much covers all of the trade deadline talk for Detroit. Um, Overall, we kind of both agree that there's going to be at least one one move. Probably. I will say the Pistons make two, two trades, two trades. What do you
0: think you you think they're going to make you you like have like an idea of who they're going to trade? Like, what do you think?
1: I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wayne Ellington and Delon Wright are, are are out.
0: Okay. Okay. If I was to say two guys were to get traded, I'd say Ellington and Wright as well. I think they just make one trade. I think it's Wayne Ellington.
1: Okay. So you're taking the under. Sure. That was probably considering I just, considering I just hyped or or unhyped the trade with, uh, or uh, the trading deadline by being boring. Now I think there's going to be two moves from the Pistons. Now, now I'm just I'm just backpedaling. I'll say two moves because Troy Weaver likes to make trades, and the bigger pool of teams wanting to make the playoffs is going to force a couple of GMs to squirm in their seat, and then they'll just kind of pull the trigger. Like uh, let's like I don't think that Kyle Lowry is going to get moved. Um, so you know maybe uh, maybe Daryl Morey gets itchy and just goes and makes a trade for uh, Delon Wright to give them that other point guard.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I can see that. That's the
1: sort of stuff that makes the trade deadline interesting.
0: No, I agree. I, I think Detroit could have a crazy deadline. I, I, you know, they could go on, they could make three, four trades. You know, they could end up in multiple different deals. They could be that facilitating third team, like you also mentioned, we discussed a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I could also see them really just kind of taking it easy and making one trade. They did just recently make a trade for Diallo. So you can kind of call that a trade deadline move as well. So, you know, I, 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 I'll say I'm, I'm just going to remain like passive in terms of how aggressive the Pistons are at the deadline. I think it's going to be a little bit quieter, but I could also see on the flip side, them moving all of Ellington right and Plumlee and maybe Seiko gets moved as well. And maybe there's, you know, a trade that includes multiple of them in one deal. So, you know yeah. we got a couple of days to see how this all shakes out
1: yes we do and we are planning on doing another podcast after the trade deadline to talk about some of the moves that have been made if the pistons make a few moves we have plenty of stuff to talk about but we can also talk about the players who get moved that will impact the pistons maybe for a few years maybe aaron Gordon gets traded to some team in the central division maybe uh Um, maybe the Pistons make more than the two trades that I am guessing. Um, We'll have plenty to talk about. We're very, very excited, too. So look for another pod this week. But before we go, Aaron, I got just a rapid fire. Aaron Gordon gets traded. Where is he going to go?
0: Oh, come on. I'm not prepped Is he going to go nowhere? No, he's getting moved. He's getting moved. Uh, All right, I'll go wild card Denver.
1: Ooh, I like it. I like it. Uh, okay. Victor Oladipo is going where? Miami. I like it too. Do you think they can move Kendrick Nunn? Like, could that be the young player that they move? I think so. Move, Yeah. They just move Kendrick yeah. Nunn.
0: Rockets have shown that they're willing to take on some of those guys that have maybe, uh, you know, obviously what Kendrick Nunn is, you know, had dealt a with. Checkered history. Yeah. Very checkered not to get into all of that, but there's a, a lot of reason to be skeptical of him let's just say, yeah, checkered history. Um, they, they are a team that would be willing to take him on.
1: Interesting. Okay. So Depot to the Rockets, Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's go with that. I,
1: I like it. I like, it. I, I think Portland would be a great spot for Aaron Gordon as well. And I think Ooh. they can make it happen. Yeah. Gary Trent. Yeah. And some I like stuff.
0: That. Yeah.
1: Impending free agent, Gary Trent. Okay. So, it, you know, it's a really slow deadline when uh, Aaron Gordon and Victor Oladipo uh, yeah, are, are the the uh, the biggest names. Victor Oladipo, by the way, uh, 29 games this year. He only played 19 games last year. He played 36 games the year before. So he has uh, not played. He has only played uh, 70 games three times in his career, four times in his career. So he's he's had some injury problems and he has them now. So. Um, okay. Aaron, anything else on the trading deadline that you want to touch on before we wrap up this pod?
0: No, I think we're good. I think we, we covered a lot and I'm excited to look back into this at the end of the week to, to look back at what, what all shook down, how close we were, how right we were things how of that nature. We were probably more so how wrong we were. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go there, we but you clarify. I will.
1: I will. I, I have a self, uh, deprecating humor. So, uh, after the Pistons make five trades and, uh, um, you know, Nikola Jokic is, is, is moved in a massive MVP type trade. Uh, we'll, we'll be terribly wrong. And I'm sure the deadline will have some interesting things to talk about. Um, and we can't wait to talk about all of it with you later this week. So for Aaron Johnson, my name is Mike Angolano. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, you will hear from us later this week as we talk about the wrap up of the MVP trade deadline. Thank you all very much.